0: Chair, staff is ready when you are.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to the 18th of September of 2023, the Civil Service Board meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish the quorum?
0: Thank you, Chair. Member Berg. Absent. Commissioner Amanfor. 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 And I'm here, present. Present. Uh, Vice Chair Gonzalez. Kabatik. Present. Members, uh, Commissioner Stein. 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 Present. Present. And Chair Miola. Present. Chair, we have quorum. Quorum. Thank you, Clerk. I'd like to welcome
1: our new member of the board, Ms. Stein. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you, I'm happy to be here. I would like to remind members of the public in chambers that if you would like to speak on an agenda item, please turn in a speaker slip when the item begins. For members of the public who wish to join virtually, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. Online, if you are online, click the raise hand for the bottom, at the bottom of your screen. In the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're calling in via telephone, to raise your hand, dial star nine, and then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. You will have two minutes to speak once your item is called, once you are called upon. After the first speaker, we will no longer accept speaker slips and the raise hand feature in the Zoom will be disabled. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Please rise for the opening acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisanan people, the Southern Mindu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Putwin Wintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Renteria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather to get together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contribution, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Our first business today is approval of this consent calendar. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips. And do you see any speakers with their raised hands?
2: Uh, This is Jacob Redford from the uh, city clerk's office. Um, As you may have noticed on the agenda, we are not using Zoom for public participation. My apologies for not sending you an updated template for the the script there so you didn't have to go through the Zoom uh, features. Uh, I'll make sure you get that shortly
1: okay that would be great yeah. <laughs> um okay then are there mem- any members who wish to speak on this item seeing none is there a motion and a second
3: motion to accept the agenda item
1: okay motion by member amanfor to approve the consent calendar i second Okay, and second by Vice Chair Gonzales-Cabatic. Or Kabatic-Gonzalez. Gonzalez-Cabatic. I said it right, all right, I said it right the first time. Okay, okay. Okay, um, all right, I have a motion and a second. Will the clerk please call the roll?
0: Thank you, Chair. Um, oops. Member Bird was absent. Member Amanfor? Aye. Vice Chair gonzalez Cavatic Aye. Member Stein? Abstain. And Chair Aye. Miola? Aye. Thank you, motion passes. Thank you.
1: Uh, we will now proceed to the discussion calendar, and it's my understanding that item number two, the appeal of disqualification of Kevin Sifong from the traffic worker number one recruitment file has been withdrawn by the applicant, is that correct? Yes. Okay, great, thank you. And then moving to Discussion Item Number Three, Appeal of the Disqualification of Romero Mata from the Code Enforcement Officer Recruitment. Does staff have, do staff, does staff have a presentation?
4: Yes. Good afternoon, board members. I am Ebony Heaven and Trum Human Resources Manager for the Employment Classification and Development Division of the City's Human Resources Department. Um, I'm currently filling in for Juanita Salazar, who you'll see on the actual report, who had to unexpectedly be out of the office today. Today's appeal is for the disqualification of Romeo Mata from the Code Enforcement Officer Recruitment. The current issue before you is whether Appellate Mata was erroneously disqualified from the recruitment per Civil Service Board 4.10 C1, which is an er- erroneous interpretation or application for the qualification standards prescribed for the classification. For background, on June 27, 2023, Romeo Mata submitted a timely application for the posting of code enforcement officer. On July 12th, appellant Mata received a notice of disqualification stating they were not successful in the examination process. On July 20th, appellant Mata submitted an appeal response stating in part, I would respectfully like to appeal this decision because I feel like I would be a strong candidate, rugged, smart, and able-bodied that will, that will perform well at this job. While appellant Mata's appeals cite Civil Service Board Rule 4.10C1, I'd like to clarify their application was never evaluated to determine if they met minimum qualifications for the classification. Because appellant Moda was disqualified from the recruitment process for not successfully obtaining a passing score or passing score on the examination. For clarity, only candidates who successfully pass the examination and place on, the, uh, place on one of the top three reachable ranks on an eligible list are eligible for certification. As outlined in the job announcement, you can reference attachment two of this report. Human Resources only evaluates applications for minimum qualifications that are selected for further consideration by the hiring department. Because Appellant Mata did not obtain a passing score on the training and experience examination, the city was unable to certify them for placement on the eligible list in alignment with Civil Service Board Rule 4.3 a The director has the authority to disqualify applicants, candidates, or eligibles consistent with the provisions of these rules. The following shall constitute grounds of disqualification of an applicant, candidate, or eligible. A, failure to meet the requirements or qualifications established for the examination as published in the announcement. Because Appellant Mata was unsuccessful in obtaining a passing score on the examination, they were disqualified from the recruitment process and HR was unable to certify them for placement on the list. As a result, Appellant Mata was correctly disqualified from the Code Enforcement Officer recruitment pursuant to Civil Service Board Rule 4.3A, failure to meet the requirements or qualifications established for the examination as published in the announcement. As such, the Director of Personnel recommends that the board adopt the Director's finding, determination, and decision of the de- Disqualification of appellant Mata, pursuant to Civil Service Board Rule 4.11 C-6.
1: Thank you. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this
0: item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips for this item. Okay. Is there, are
1: there any commissioners who wish oh, to I, speak on this? someone
3: here to speak on it? Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh. is Appellant Mata here? Yes, ma'am. Okay, would you like to speak on this item? Yes, ma'am. Okay, please approach the podium.
2: Good afternoon. So the reason I would like to speak on this topic is that when going through the application, it was stated multiple times that I did not meet the following requirements or the minimum requirements, however, I'm already employed with the city as an assistant code enforcement officer. In this time as an assistant code enforcement officer, when reading the application and what is required, there is an experience, but also an education. Between my experience of over a year of an assistant code enforcement, my three and a half years of education, which includes an associate's degree and a bachelor's degree, those two units combined I feel like should be enough to qualify me for the position that I was disqualified for. I also took courses through the city and got certification through KCO, which is the California Association of Code Enforcement Officers. So I am recognized by them as well to have the certifications and qualifications to be a code enforcement officer. And in the year that I have been with the city, I've conducted over 4,683 inspections, which aside from vehicle abatement include property cases, include business compliance. So I have been all throughout code enforcement positions here within the city. So because of that, I believe I do in fact qualify due to the vast experience and range of knowledge that I've obtained with my year here with the city of being an encoded enforcement officer.
1: Okay. Uh, before you leave, I, uh, does any, do any members have a question for the appellant? Okay, I have one question. Um, my understanding from the presentation from HR is that there was an examination, a test, that you did not actually pass. And it wasn't, that's the reason why you were disqualified from the process, not the level or the number of years of experience that you have. Do you understand that?
2: I do understand that.
1: Okay. Do you disagree with that?
2: I do disagree because as I mentioned, it does mention that you can either have to pass that score either meet the minimum requirements of years of experience or educational background. And due to my educational background of over three years, I feel like that was overlooked and that should have been enough for me to get a passing score on that examination.
1: Does anyone else have any questions for appellant?
3: Yes, I actually do. Um, Were you aware that in regards to the HR process that they would actually um, do the screening, which is the screening first, which is the pass or fail prior to... Um, actually assessing your minimum qualifications I was not
2: but I did read on the application that it does state to list if you do in fact have any sort of
3: college education experience which I did and also in regards to the application where it says training and experience exam where it states it's weighted at hundred percent are you aware that if you scored less than that you would not meet the minimum qualification if you if if you had a specific threshold are you aware that there was a threshold that if you didn't meet that threshold as far as passing that they would not they would also not review your minimum qualification.
2: That I was not aware of and in my interpretation I thought that with my experience here plus my education that that would be enough to push me forward because when combining my education plus my year here at the city that's about four years of required experience when it recommends you need at least two years of um, education or background experience as far as working as a code enforcement officer any
1: other members have any questions? Yes. Uh, Member Stein.
5: So I think there's two things here. One is not passing the exam for the position first. But with that portion of it, I want to know if it was outlined what the criteria are for the education to meet that criteria. So if he or another candidate goes back, they know what education and how to outline it.
1: So Member Stein, is that for HR staff? Uh, that question, or for it, it is for HR staff. Okay, so does does anyone have any questions for the appellant? I mean, okay, Mr. Malta, if you could um, have, resume your seat, that would be great. Yes, ma'am. And, Thank you. Um, we have some questions for HR.
5: And Member Stein. So it's basically is the criteria of what that education has to be be met? Because I understand with your expertise and everybody in HR's expertise, they see it and this is a little kind of a, a tangent to the actual a- appeal because this appeal is whether or not he qualified for this job, but in order to pass that minimum qualification, in order to be evaluated for future positions for he and any other candidates, is it spelled out what their, the, that cri- educational criteria is to be considered weighted with their work experience?
4: The educational component is part of the minimum qualifications. That is specifically stated in the job announcement as well as in the classification specification. However, the qualifications for being able to move forward in the process were explicitly laid out in the selection procedure of the job posting which states that they would have had to pass a training and experience examination for further consideration, which would have been, had they passed the examination, they would have been sent to the department for further consideration. Should the department have decided to um, interview them, that would have come over to HR. At that point is when we would have screened for minimum qualifications. And that is when we would have looked at the education and the experience component. But to answer your question, yes, it is explicitly laid out in the job posting that they can meet any combination of education and experience to qualify for this job.
5: So was the error in being able to pass the exam to be considered for the position that he didn't articulate what his edu- how his educational experience met those qualifications?
4: To some degree, yes. And it's not specifically the educational component. The training and experience examination is designed to assess a candidate's training and or experience. So there were multiple supplemental questions that appeared on the application on the back end that all candidates were required to provide a response to. Based on the way that the appellant responded to those questions, that is why they were unsuccessful in the examination. Thank you. Any other questions I can answer for you?
1: Yes, I do, but I I think other members have questions as well
3: okay um so in regards to the screen thank you for uh running through that process um just looking at the language in regards to number four uh where it says screening committee pass slash fell. um it says all candidate that passed the examination um it doesn't necessarily reference the training and experience examination um i think that's something that needs to be changed so that it's more clear because it seems a bit ambiguous to really understand you know which one is, as far as the screening committee part, it says pass or fail, but then when it comes to the training experience, it says it's weighted up to 100%. So in re- in regards to really understanding what the threshold is, what's the passing rate, as far as what number you would need to pass, that needs to be a little bit more clear. But I think that there's, a, there's some level of where I can see an applicant would be confused in regards to the process, as far as where you'd review the pass or fail prior to it being... Um, evaluated for meeting the minimum qualification?
4: So the training and experience examination, the in the p- portion that says it's weighted 100%, it just essentially means that the candidate's entire score is needed and ordinal. The candidate's examination, passing that examination is weighted 100%. Um, it does lay out what the examination is. It also lays out what the eligibility criteria is in number three, and number four is explicitly um, indicated for applicants to understand how their applications are going to be screened for minimum qualifications. Um, it specifically says all candidates who pass the examination and are in one of the top three reachable ranks are forwarded to the department for review. And then that second piece is where it talks a little bit about how HR will select or the hiring department will select the most competitive applications for consideration and that HR will only screen applications for minimum qualifications um, as stated in the job announcements as those who were selected by the hiring department. That's ex- that is essentially saying that you would have needed to make it through the examination been selected for an interview in order to reach HR for us to screen for minimum qualifications at that point. So we're essentially telling applicants we are not even considering qualifications until you've passed the examination and been selected for the interview. So the one, two, three, four is for applicants to understand that there is a process that they must follow in order to be screened for minimum qualifications, which in Appellate modest situation we did not reach that point because they were disqualified at the examination phase.
3: Go ahead,
4: you can ask
5: questions. Is this an an open exam or is there like a time period in which he would have to test again to be able to
4: compete for the position or to be considered for the position? Um, The appellant is able to apply and be considered for the position the very next time we post it. So there's no waiting period. There's no waiting period. Yes.
1: I think that was that answered my question. Appellant Manda is able to apply again and take the examination again in the future if it, if the position is posted again. Is that correct? Absolutely,
5: yes. Sorry. Just with a caveat, though, because Mr. Mata is here, is that they still need you still need to pass the exam, and then they still need to reevaluate your qualifications in order to move forward that is correct. for the interview process. Yes. Okay.
3: Is there an opportunity for there to be a change in language where it's a little bit more explicit? I understand you're able to really verbally let us know what the process is, but quite honestly, for anyone who's really applying from the outside, they wouldn't know this process, the way it's set up right now. I think it needs to be a little bit more specific so that there isn't any confusion. So that's just something that I want to put out there.
4: Okay. Your, your comment is received. Thank you. Any
1: other members have any questions? Okay, thank you. Uh, in that case, is there any comments the members would like to make, or, um, or do I have a motion?
4: No comments.
3: No, you have comments. no comments.
5: no comments. All right, I'll go ahead and I'll make the motion to waive formal rules um, and adopt the director's findings. A second.
1: A second. Thank you,
0: Clerk. May you please call the roll? Thank you, Chair. Uh, Member Bird is absent. Member Amanfor? Nay. Vice Chair Gonzalez Cabada? Aye. Member Stein? Aye. And Chair Miola? Aye. Thank you. Motion passes.
1: Okay. the last item on our agenda then is member comments, ideas, or questions. Uh, Do any members have any comments or wish to speak on this item? Yes, no?
5: Given what we've been discussing here, is it possible in in a future meeting to have some sort of presentation on how the tests are given and how the job positions are advertised, going back to clarification of the language. I think sometimes when you've been involved in something and have an extraordinary amount of expertise in it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's understandable for somebody who's not within the system and doesn't work with that nomenclature or those processes and procedures. And that will help prevent confusion of people or hopefully prevent confusion of people taking exams and knowing the processes and and those sorts of items.
1: So this is not an agenda item, so we can't uh, have a long discussion about this. But if HR has a quick brief reply um, to that particular request, we can certainly, I think, take that.
4: Absolutely. I was just going to say that I don't know that the Civil Service Board meeting is the appropriate platform to do that, but I'm happy to schedule supplemental meetings with any of you to talk about our process so that it, there's a better understanding there. And HR does go out into the community and talk to applicants regularly about our process as well.
1: We wouldn't be able to do that together without being in a board meeting, but, um, but certainly individually if someone had additional questions they could certainly reach out, I think, to HR. Um, any other questions, comments, ideas?
3: So Sorry, so can it be an agendized item for our next meeting?
1: There can be. If, if HR is willing to give us a presentation on sort of how this works, we certainly can consider that as in a future agenda item.
3: Even in regards to even making recommendations, how does that even work? We cannot...
1: Well, this is the this is the spot for um, for ideas or questions or future agenda items. So, if you wanted to request an item be placed on the agenda in the future, you certainly request that, and then um, I can have a conversation with HR and determine whether or not there's uh, a, an ability to to prepare a presentation that
5: type of thing. So,
3: okay, I'm fine. It's up to the it
5: team. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a whole meeting, maybe one, di- one meeting we can hear about, as she mentioned, the outreach another day, we can hear about the exams and another day about the job postings. But I think it's very common if you're outside of a system to have confusion to apply. And if you want to have an inclusive work environment, it's really important that people understand what's going on. Yes,
1: I do think, I mean, again, we are the appellate body, so our, our concern is on particular items as to whether or not um, an appeal has grounds to either uphold the appeal or um, uphold the recommendation of staff. But, um, but we can certainly talk about this in the future. Any other questions, comments on this agenda item? No. Okay. No. Are there any public comments on matters not on the agenda? Okay, and with that, that concludes today's agenda. Thank you, everyone, for your participation. The meeting is adjourned.